Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Book Talk with Lucky Jones. I'm Ebony. And I'm Mary. And today we're talking about Cole by Audrey Lord. I have a hard time saying Cole. I've noticed because you keep saying coil. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm oh, not that's sure not where the eye is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking about that with Carlos the other day. I was just like, yeah, I'm reading, I'm learning coil. And he's like, you're reading what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Cole, you know, Cole. <laughs> he's like, uh, He's like, you sound a little too Southern right now. Cole. Oh, it's such an ugly word. I don't like it. But yeah, Cole is what we're talking about today. It's a gathering of a bunch of poems. And I, I like them. I like them. Some of them were like, yeah, it would resonate with me in a very specific time. But after reading um, Zami and New Spelling of My Name, I could definitely point out when she each wrote, one, yes. which is really, mm-hmm. was really fun yeah, for me. Because, and as I was reading this, and I read this last night because I got off Amazon last night, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm so glad that we read Zami before we read this, mm-hmm. because had I not, a lot of these wouldn't have made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they would have made sense to me in the way that, like, I would have just interpreted my own way mm-hmm. with my own feelings. But, like, a lot of these, I can tell what part of her life she was in when she was writing these. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, some background knowledge. So it was really fun. It was almost like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. And, like, think. And, like, <laughs> I feel like we're, for the first time, I. I during, like, this series mm-hmm. of reading books, I actually feel like. I know how to read, which sounds crazy. I have recently become literate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, with the understanding of somebody's thought process, you can understand like where they're going with their work. Mm-hmm. And like being able to understand these people's lives makes it their work stand out in a different light for me. Versus like just going and reading them I don't think I would have give them the same appreciation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I liked about Cole. I don't, there were like some poems where I'm just like, not in my life, but I understand where you coming from. That's how I felt about <laughs> the end, like almost the entire book, maybe mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple poems. I was just like, and I've never, I thought it was interesting because I've never read poems and not tried to connect them to my own life. Mm-hmm. But these are so deeply personal and like about very specific times in her own life mm-hmm. that I couldn't be trying to put them to my life. Because I'm like, this is just not about me. Yeah. And there's no way I can make this about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I especially like her series of poems about her father. Mm-hmm. They were like so touching. They were, and they were very sad. Because (laughs) (laughs) obviously we know just from reading Zami that her father dies Mm -hmm. um, when she is like 19, Mm -hmm. I think. And you don't really get a lot of him in her childhood. Like she doesn't really speak a ton about her father. You kind of hear when she like takes the lunches up to him and they eat lunch together. But Mm -hmm. her father was very secretive. Like she wasn't allowed in his office. Like she had to wait for him, this, that, and the other. And there's a poem at the beginning of the book, and I think it's called Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yes, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of is hitting him in a bad light, which I'm not saying that she shouldn't. I don't know her dad. Yeah. But just from reading, I'm like watching you look at my dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 
sitting there reading. I was like, oh, Ebony's about to be pissed. Because <laughs> I was just like, maybe she got it used. And I'm like, no, she she did that. Well, the fun thing is I did get it used, but these are on purpose. <laughs> so it's like there's parts that are just like, okay, I've not seen my father's grave. Not that his judgment eyes have been forgotten, nor his great handprints on our evening doorknobs. And then it goes into saying like each week a different woman and you're like, oh, oh, you didn't mention that before. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me like a different feeling about her dad, just because reading in Zombie, like I thought he was just like this good guy who was just secretive. But I mean, it's the 50s and mm-hmm. men don't really talk about their feelings then. So yeah, made sense. But you're saying like, oh, he just has like a different woman has my mother's face. And you're like, oh, it's like that. Wow. And it is interesting because like, Grieving is hard. Yeah. Because, like, you... I feel like a lot of people feel like there is a stigma with grief. And that that even goes in with um, their eyes who are watching God. Where it's just like, because you're grieving, you're supposed to act and, break, like, look this way. way. You're supposed to always wear black. You're supposed to do this, that, together. And then, like, as a child, you're like, oh, this is my dad. I'm supposed to honor him. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to live up to his legacy. I'm supposed to do these things. And it's just like when they're past, it's like you're not allowed to be angry with them. You're not allowed to dishonor them to like bring out any, all of these things. The bad things. So yeah. it's just like you're left with all of these negative emotions and like nowhere to put them because it's no longer proper to bring it up. That's true. I was always raised not to talk ill about the dead. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody dies, you don't talk bad about them. Like you don't say anything they did wrong. You don't like because they are they are dead now, so mm-hmm. you don't need to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like that's that's probably definitely how she grew up. And then you write this poem about your dad, and you're like, "But that was a whore." <laughs> it's like sorry to tell you, but sorry to tell you guys, but he he wasn't all the flowers that you want to give him. All the hype. Yeah. There was another poem that I really liked. Um, a family resemblance. Mm-hmm. She's talking about her sister, but the part that got because I was thinking about my sister, but there's a part there that says like my sister has my hair, my mouth, my eyes. So I presume her to be trustless. So it's like you see so much of yourself in your sister that you're like, I don't trust myself, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. You are just like me. Yeah. And just like having a sister that I grew up really close with, really close in age too, it's like your sister is kind of a mirror of you. Like you can see like your faults in this person, you can see your successes in this person. So sometimes you're like, you are like me, like I can't really, not necessarily trust you, but it's like, sometimes it's hard to face yourself in a mirror. Yeah. And I feel like when you have a sibling that you're that close to, sometimes it's hard to like see their bad decisions or see your bad decisions because it's like, dang. You really are me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that way about maybe moms, too. No, for sure. Because just, like, they're definitely like, oh, my God, you're just like me. And I don't want you to end up just mm-hmm. like me. So I, I can only imagine how hard it is. There's a quote that I saw this week about moms and daughters. And it was talking about, like, the relationship between a mom and daughter is like this twisted mirror because it's like the mom sees the daughter as everything she could have been mm-hmm. but the daughter sees the mom as everything she will be mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it just depending on the relationship you have with your mom i have a pretty good relationship with my mom 
but I know sometimes like she is living kind of vicariously through me or I can be living as a way in which I'm actively trying to like avoid what I've seen mm-hmm. and I feel like sometimes that's a lot of pressure it is and it's like you gotta try it's so much like self work too like I've never realized how much like work I've had to do with just like trying to actively avoid some of the things that happened to me when I was a child or like that would have had my mom when she was my age because it's like I don't want to live that way but it takes so much work when it'd be easier just to like fall into the same like generational trauma Mm -hmm. but it's like it also is hard too because you don't want to feel like oh I'm better than you because I you know avoided this or I did this differently and it's Mm kind of like just you can kind of feel people I don't want to say resent because that's a strong word but like they kind of look at you like oh yeah like she did it better than I did and it's I don't know I don't know no I get it because like so my mom is a runner (laughs) my mom (laughs) she's a runner she runs like 12 13 miles a day she'll wake up and just run that is like what she lives and breathes she says it's better than sex great for her great for her (laughs) but the thing is like growing up people will see like my long legs and they're like oh you're gonna be a runner just like your mom she, you're gonna do all these competitions just like your mom. My mom set a, a record at her um, old high school for being the fastest woman and all this. And so people were just like looking at me and just like, all right, you too. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she can have it. You're like, I won't be doing that. So like, I understand. Cause like, I feel like in some ways with me just being defiant, <laughs> in my unwillingness to because like I could do it but I just don't Don't want want to to. that's not something I want to do and like I could see it in people's faces like oh you could have been you could have been this you could have lived up in your mother's image you could have made her so proud by doing this thing so in a way of like I understand you but like in the opposite where it's just like you're trying to live like breaking generational trauma and like expectations looks and feels so different in like what you choose to do Mm -hmm. because like my choice to not um be a runner as silly as it sounds was like such a generational what the fuck to to like people who don't even really know my family Mm -hmm. and then the decision to not join the military was also one of those what are you doing Mm -hmm. because like my dad he was in the military so it's my uncle and then my mom works for the military so they're just like you too and i'm just like "Mm -mm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have have to pass Mm -mm. (laughs) so yeah I do feel like our generation is big on breaking all of those generational No, for sure. Things. Like, and I think it's because the thing about, like, generational curses and generational trauma, it's, if, I don't know, it's like, if you don't work hard enough to do it, it's just going to keep happening. 
Yeah. And you kind of get the load of like your what happened to your mom and then like her mom and her mom if you're still alive and like sometimes I can see it like a family gathering like because I am lucky enough to still have like my great grandmother around so like but I can see like oh like you passed this on to my grandmother my grandmother passed it on to my mom and my mom passed it on to me and it's like I can't do that anymore like I can't live like that anymore mm-hmm. like I refuse to do it but it is a lot of work and it's a lot of like self-worth that I think just like black people as a whole who don't believe in like therapy or inner work or self-work or self-help they're just kind of like either you figure it out or you don't mm-hmm. and if you don't and I can kind of see it like just with other members of my family I'm like you're doing this just like your mom like I have a cousin who were like she's just like her mom she's making all the same mistakes her mom did she's do- like it is not even like it's years later like she's following the exact same like time stamped life path and you're just like which is so crazy because like I always find that very interesting especially like if the mother and or father was never in the picture mm-hmm. but that someone in the family is still putting that expectation on the child mm-hmm. And unknowingly, the child is falling into these same mm-hmm. situations, and it's like, dang, it's crazy. Like this person never spent a single day in your life, but yet here you are. The same person. Mm-hmm. I even see that in like my uncle and aunt. They adopted some of their. I guess it would have been their nephews from my aunt's side. Mm-hmm. And these boys have grown up with them, like seeing them as their parents their entire life. My cousin acts just like my uncle. They're they're not even like blood related because it's his wife's like family. Mm-hmm. He acts same manners and same everything. They do the same things together. They like the same things. All my family's like Jalen acts the same way her acts when he was in high school. Like they are the same person. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny how like there is an other side of the coin of like. I don't want to say generational trauma or generational curses, but it's just like, you can still be the same person as somebody else. And I mean, it's really good. It's not like my uncle ever grew up a bad person, but it's like, it's interesting to see that even like how you said, like these people aren't like your blood parents or like you didn't even get adopted by them until you were like three or four, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you are that person. Yeah. You like stepped into that role, like very seamlessly. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just so cool. What's another one? I also like storybooks on a kitchen table, which also um, would go with what we were just talking about because (laughs) it's just about like that link between like mother and daughter and she's like kind of wanting more for the daughter, but instead of showing it in like a way of love, she's showing it in like a way of anger. Like, why aren't you being more? Like, I want more from you. And I like the way she wrote that. Just being that knowing from reading Zombie, her and her mother have like a very strange relationship. Mm-hmm. And you can see that a lot in her writing about mothers, mothers. and daughters. Mm-hmm. There was another one that I really liked. Paperweight. Where she's just talking about like all her like accolades and how, you know, she's kind of doing these big things mm-hmm. and like people have such strong reactions to them and I really like the way it ends where she's like 
talking about what she can just do with all the poems she's ever written. And a lot of them are like, I can make another book. I can make a second skin. I can do anything I want with them. I can use them for this or that, for magic, for advice. And it ends with, or I can fold them all into a paper fan in which to cool my husband's dinner. Which to me kind of speaks to like the time. Like they're like, why are you doing all this? Like you're supposed to be somebody's wife. Yeah. And she's like talking about like all these great things. She's not like the accomplishments she has, but like nobody cares about them unless it's directly related to a man. And I really like the way that that poem was set up. Mm-hmm. I like how um, now that I'm forever with child, mm-hmm. like just the, it was just so touching. Like how, because women, okay, so the woman that I know, mm-hmm. Who are okay? So like, there are two girls at my job who are currently pregnant, and one of them is just like so resentful <laughs> of everything. And then my latest friend, who just had her son, whenever she was going through pregnancy, it was like she was excited about the baby, but it was like all these outside stressors were like took over the whole process of even being pregnant. Yeah, and this other girl who's at my job. She's just so happy and light. And like her biggest thing is just like, I'm just really tired. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, whenever I was reading this poem, it was just like, this is the first time I ever thought of pregnancy as something that is beautiful. And that's so interesting to me because in like, obviously we grew up very differently in which my family is very big on like you need to get married and have kids mm-hmm. that is what makes you like and seems that just seems like a chore to me and my thing is like pregnancy in my family is exalted as like the most wonderful thing mm-hmm. you don't get treated better than you do when you're pregnant or when you're engaged um like my family goes all out for the baby showers and the gender reveals and they like really they're like oh no like can you do this can you do that they love a pregnant woman mm-hmm. and so like i've always grown up seeing these women like get treated like royalty when they're pregnant i'm like oh you got that pregnancy glow to you and you just get to like be pregnant and eat what you want and mm-hmm. like everybody's nice to you so i've never seen pregnancy as anything but like wonderful <laughs> when you think about it like a chore you're like pregnancy sucks yes <laughs> but yeah i just mm-mm. no and then like it's crazy because like i've had like i've had i've known people to like hide their pregnancy like my sister-in-law who was a part of my wedding she didn't even tell me that she was pregnant i remember (laughs) and like i don't even think she knew she was pregnant to be fair and then like like she busted out of her dress (laughs) on the wedding day but she made it through which was like really amazing for me because i was just like yeah don't don't bust out (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like one of those things where it's just like they didn't really give her a big old baby shower for any of her kids. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. It was just like one of those things that you kind of are just like, hmm, that didn't happen for you. So it's just like, and then like my friend who got pregnant during high school, which her family was so mad at me because (laughs) it's not funny. Okay, so, so she was telling me like about her first experience with this guy that she liked. And how it just seemed a little, it just seemed a little rapey and a little sketchy to me. And I didn't really feel comfortable about it. So I told my mom who told her aunt, who told 
her mom mm-hmm. and then like me and her fell out about it because she's like I can't trust you to tell anything and I was just like I was I said something because I thought I was legitimately concerned about your well-being and I'm sorry and then like after that like we got like back to being friends and then she ended up with this guy and I didn't like him and like she ended up actually being pregnant and like there was no baby shower there was no it just felt like it was just so full of shame mm-hmm. and I guess like all of those experiences together just made me feel like and then like Beyonce almost dying Serena Williams almost dying yeah it's just it just didn't really seem like a very exciting thing yeah I feel like that little girl from Bridgerton <laughs> where like she's so terrified of being like in love and getting married because of pregnancy that follows after and how like it can almost kill you no quite literally one of my top fears growing up my entire life was dying in childbirth Mm -hmm. and i used to think about it all the time like and it was to the point where i was obsessed with it so Mm -hmm. i would just be watching you know how like before tlc turned into like my 600 pound life oh, yeah, little yeah, yeah. people it was like actual like learning type stuff and they would show like the childbirth videos every day i'm parked in front of the tv watching those for hours on end <laughs> i want to know what it looks like when something goes wrong i want to know mm-hmm. if something goes right because like my mom also like almost died when she had me mm-hmm. like she needed a blood transfusion mm-hmm. and it was just like a really rushed hasty awful thing and like I grew up hearing about it my entire life, and I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen to me. I'm definitely gonna die. Mm-hmm. And like I never really felt like <laughs> I never felt like I was going to die, but I did wonder, like, like I'm obsessed with like home births. Those stress me out. Cause I'm just like, that's what people used to do back in the day before blood transfusions were even a thing. And it just seemed like things ran a lot more smoothly. No, the death rate was a lot higher. True. But that was only because like people were like unsanitary. But like maybe. I want medicine. I want Western medicine. I don't know. I'm always curious because it's just like, I don't want to, I don't like the idea of being drugged up. I do. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of being dried up. I don't like the idea of being cut open. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of like having to be in one pres- position to like ha- have this thing happen because like it just makes sense to me to like doing the stand up squatting thing because you know gravity mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like being on your back with your legs open for all these people like staring at your your cooter while this head is popping out of your <laughs> your uterus it just seems like there's something wrong with that <laughs> but i don't know so and i shared a lot of those opinions like i didn't want to be like under anesthesia i was worried about just like randomly being cut open until i had to have like emergency surgery and i yeah. didn't have a choice mm-hmm and I, even then, I thought I was going to die. Like, I was saying my my last goodbyes to Marley. <laughs> like, if he was awake, he can tell you. I was, like, lying on the bed, and I'm, like, falling asleep because I've already been getting anesthesia. I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry if I've ever been a bad wife to you. 
please forgive me. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, I'm about to die. Like, like this, this is it. it. <laughs> this is it. I'm about to give up the ghost. Yeah. And because, like, even then I had to be put under anesthesia. Like, there wasn't, like, a pre-op, like, when you have, like, a scheduled surgery. So I was like, they're not even giving me the right dose. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this strange doctor. Never met him a day in my life until he's shaking my hand. Like, I'm about to cut you open. <laughs> I'm about to, like, like, re- like, go in there and feel around stuff and try to pull something out. Mm-hmm. Like... I was like, no, I'm dying. This is it. This is what this is what I this is what all my anxiety from a child to now has led me to. Mm-hmm. My death. <laughs> I'm going into a cold room. I have to yep. take off all my jewelry and my glasses, so I'm blind too. Like I can't see that I can only take it off. So I'm like, my eyes are like rolling around my head. I'm like, <laughs> this is it. Going on to glory. Um, but obviously I didn't die, and it made me feel like a lot better about the whole childbirth thing. Like. Listen, drug me up again. Cut me open again. <laughs> I know some people do opt just to do that. Versus... I don't, yeah, I don't think I'd want to do a C-section though. Like, I'd rather just like push up. But, like, I also don't want to like tear myself up. Because I always hear horror stories. Like, I tore from the front to the back. And I'm like, what? And I'm just like, what? Ow. I know some people just get go ahead and get snipped too, but I'm also just like, mm, why? I don't. I'm not seeing the logic in this one, but you know there is logic in it. Like if the baby's head is too big, it's gonna happen. Or it's like if they're breech or something. Mm-hmm. But also like, have you ever realized how big of a surgery like a C-section is? Yeah. They go through so many like layers. Yes. Like you could very easily just die. Like you'd very just bleed out. Mm-hmm. Or like what if they cut the wrong thing? Exactly. I mean like whenever they did C station C sessions back in the day, they're like, all right, say goodbye. You're gonna choose one of them or they're both gonna die. You want your wife, you want your baby. Save the wife, save the baby. What you wanna do? Pick one. That sounds <laughs> like one of those like Twitter things. <laughs> Fellas, would you save your wife or would you save the baby? <laughs> And, like, some people really out here being like, oh, no, I'm saving my legacy. Like, that that thing. Killed your wife. What the heck? And then, like, Alien did me no favors. <laughs> <laughs> it did me this no parasite favors. did nothing for me. So, there is this movie called Aliens where this lady gets fertilized by an alien and he bursts out of her stomach and i was just like i'm not having kids that's where it started <laughs> i can't do this childhood trauma yes it did it traumatized me i was just like absolutely not he, and like the whole time she was like she's so happy like oh my god this thing is growing inside me i'm so happy i feel it kicking and moving and i'm just like Get it out. <laughs> Oh, God. No. Absolutely not. Can't do it. <laughs> but no, this this poem here, it really did change some perspectives. Because I was just like, this is so sweet. This is nice. Yeah. Because, especially with the line, um... How the days would wind... Ooh, I can't read out loud. <laughs> How the days would wind down in the turning of winter. I recall with you growing heavy against the wind. I thought now her hands are formed and her hair has started to curl. Now her teeth are done and now she sneezes. I was just like, 
that's so sweet. No, it is. Like, I always, like, see those TikToks of, like, women, like, documenting their pregnancy, and I'm like, that's so nice. Like, just to be like, oh, yeah, they're 22 weeks now, and they're the size of a mango, and they have fingernails, and they can smell, and they can hear their dad's voice, and you're just like, that's so nice. Like, I was talking to one guy at my job, and he was talking about his daughter who is now 13. And he was just like, yeah, whenever her baby mama, whenever she was still in my baby mama, I would like play music on her on her belly and she would like kick her little feet. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, it's so nice. That's so sweet. <laughs> Hearing a dad gush about being a dad is yeah. like the most heartwarming thing. It is. And there are truly men who are out here made to be dads. Mm-hmm. Props to them. My My husband is definitely one of them. My kids love him. He's very good with kids. My godson loves him more than me. <laughs> Marlon is like fully in his mo. Like Marlon is in his bag when he's out there pretending to be somebody's dad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Carlos is so good with kids too. I'm just like one day good. One day guy. <laughs> one day. Maybe. One day. <laughs> Like, who knows? Maybe? Mm? Mm. I don't know, man. You're like, poetry really changed my mind. You know, but it is. <laughs> now, my selfishness is still there. Your selfishness is still there. <laughs> it's still there. However. Mm? My mind might change. No. But hearing Audrey having a child is very bewildering to me. Yeah, because... Because, like, she I would like to know when that happened. The, and she never talks about it. We didn't hear about it in Zombie. No. I thought we, like, made a tidbit because we got a lot of, like, motherhood poems. No. No. Um, I'm going to find it because I want to know how this turned I, out. Yeah. Because the first when she first got pregnant, when she had sex with that guy, and everybody's like, aren't you gay? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and? Like, you, you had an abortion. Mm-hmm. So, like... And you were talking about the whole experience. Like, I didn't really like it. I knew I was gay. Everybody else knew I was gay. They're like, why are you even having sex with men? <laughs> she was just over here like, I thought this is what you were I supposed to do. I thought this is what do. I was supposed to be doing. And you get pregnant. You have an abortion, an awful abortion story. But then you still end up having, I think she has two kids. And I'm just like, who? A white man. Interesting. And I wonder if he's gay. Because, like, I know back in the day that that used to be a thing where, like, they would both want... Yeah, where it's like... It's like, so they come to a... I actually... My grandparents live next door to these two lesbians who have mm-hmm. kids. And their the kids' dads are gay. Mm-hmm. So it was it was an agreement of, like, have our kids. And they're like, sure, they'll mm-hmm. be our kids. So it's like, everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the documentary about these two lesbians that go out to have a kid and they get a sperm donor? And, you know, they successfully have the kids, the guys in their lives, and then he decides, no, these are biologically my kids. And I don't want them to see you anymore because what you're doing is immoral and this, that, and the other. No! Yeah. And he wants to take full custody of the kids. Oh my god! It's so good. It's on HBO, and when I remember what it's called, I'm going to tell you. It's yes, very, I it's very interesting. I, and I love a good doc. I keep telling these people, so people are so intrigued and blown away by my interests because honestly my interests are very weird yes 
Because I'm over here like, yeah, I love a good animal story dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if it's about murder, I want to see it. Like, I was talking to these guys at my job, and they're, like, super into anime. Mm -hmm. And so they're telling me, like, all of these anime recommendations. And I'm over here like, do people die? (laughs) And they're like, no, like, it's a love story. I'm like, I'm not interested. I want people to die. Murder. (laughs) Like, if people aren't going crazy with an axe on randoms, I'm not (laughs) interested. (laughs) Don't really want to see that. If there isn't a true crime element to it, where they find a person that was killing all these kids, I don't care. If mermaids don't exist and burst into bubbles, I don't don't care. (laughs) He was a white gay man. Okay. So it makes sense. Yeah. That she loves sense. she loves a white person anyway. I blame society. I honestly blame accessibility because there probably weren't a lot of black lesbians at this time period. No, they were probably pretty, not out. Pretty far in the between. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was another poem that I liked, and it was specifically because my favorite parts of Zombie mm-hmm. were Genevieve and like the love she had for her friend her suicidal her friend. suicidal friend yeah. so the some memorial too is just all about genevieve and she's like genevieve what are you seeing in my mirror genevieve i wish i could see you again because genevieve is definitely audrey lord's first love and i guarantee you had she not killed herself they would have just been together yeah like and i think audrey knows that and i guarantee you it's been like it just killed her her entire life like because she never got to experience like real love with genevieve because genevieve was on a set path to kill herself yeah and like her killing herself still like blows me away because, because you didn't succeed the first time no but you definitely succeeded the second yeah, time you, you like, almost did it the second time but you definitely were like no if i can will myself to that door i'm, I'm mm-hmm. going but it's crazy because there really are people out here who are just like all right this is my death day mm-hmm like she had her like her calendar. She's like, this day, last day summer, I'm dying. I'm not going back to school. Mm-hmm. So enjoy me while I'm here. And like, the, the thought process that is so crazy to me. Like, but I've never been in a position where like I felt so bad with my life that I needed to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am very lucky and grateful. And I'm sure she probably had some kind of undiagnosed mental illness because mm-hmm. it was like the '50s. And I'm sure she, you weren't getting no, not at all any help for that. Mm-mm. So, and you obviously had some stuff going on at home with your uncle, mm-hmm. and you felt like you couldn't come back to your mom. And it's, it's just, it's the perfect mix of bad things happening. Because mm-hmm. like in that mix, you can either become a lot stronger up for it, or or you can just cave. Yeah. And I hate to say that because that makes me makes it sound like, wow, you really just gave up. But that's not the it. It wasn't it, the system was not built for you to succeed out of this. No, no, no. And it, it sucks because like I know for a fact I was actually talking to somebody else about this <laughs> because it's like literally the worst memory that. I have of myself being a little shit. I was being the you're going to hell because you killed yourself. Yeah. It's literally the worst memory I have because like now as an adult, I'm just like, you were wrong to say that. But my religion 
still says that I was right. Mm-hmm. And that really fucking sucks. Because it's just like, it's not okay. To, there's, I don't see how people really live and wake up every day being like, oh yeah, I'm about to tell somebody they're going straight to hell for living their life a certain way. And still be okay. Cause like I did that once about 10, 11 years ago and it still haunts me to this day mm-hmm. and i've done told this girl sorry and she's like it's fine like we were so young da, da, da. and i'm just like no you're lying to me right now because it's not fine <laughs> i don't feel fine so i feel like feel shit <laughs> <laughs> i feel like utter crap ain't no way but it's just like it's hard no for sure but i think too just to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. like if you grow up hearing a specific thing and saying like this is how you're supposed to believe this is how you're supposed to believe if you never stray from your belief system or you never like decide to and i really feel like a lot of people who like you said like you can wake up every day and tell somebody their face like you're going to hell because you're gay like they may have never gone out of like the bubble of their church they may mm-hmm. have never met somebody and befriended somebody who was gay and had to, cause that's really what happened to me. Like I, I had a friend who came out the closet. The first thing I told him was, oh my God, my best friend's going to hell. And like, I cried for days. I was like, this is so sad to me. Like he's never made it in heaven. He's going to hell. Like he's my best friend, this, that, and the other. But like, I still was friends with him. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that it made me like second guess. And like, I feel like I'm more of the, I can believe what the Bible says, but not push my beliefs on other people. Mm-hmm. I have never walked up to people and been like, oh, you're gay? <laughs> I got yeah. something to tell you. Yeah. Like, Cause my thing is I'm, I was also raised big on love the sinner, hate the sin. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have, you don't have to dive into your sin with me. I'm not Jesus. You don't mm-hmm. need to tell me what you're doing wrong. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like I want to love you as a person. And I feel like there are stricter religions that don't even give you the option to love the sinner, hate the sin. They're like, no, hate them. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> but I don't know. Like if you never get out your bubble, you never meet somebody that makes you like open your eyes a little bit and be like, Jesus wouldn't be like this. Like, this yeah. is just another person. Like, you grow up in that same bubble, those same people, those same beliefs. Like, it's very easy to wake up in the morning and be like, this is what I believe. This is what everybody around me believe. This is what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. But, like, I feel like one day you're going to be put in a position where you're going to have to open your eyes and be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be saying this. I'm not gaining souls this way. Yeah. That's how I think that moment specifically in my life really because when I tell you I was a real shit and I'm petty. (laughs) So (laughs) like so I told her that I went to her church with her that Wednesday, opened up the subject to the teacher where he confirmed what I believed (laughs) to this girl who is still grieving. And she's like, you're like, hey, um And then like it was like so many days later, she finally came to me. She was like, you know, I I was really stupid for crying over him. You're right. He is the da. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Ebony <laughs> said, there there will be no thoughts and prayers here. And like, it was that I don't know really what it was. Mm-hmm. 
but like somewhere along the way I was just like this isn't okay because <laughs> I can't I cannot pinpoint when it was but I was just like there has to be a different way to go about this because this isn't okay <laughs> like it can't be okay to be able to brag about somebody going straight to, to hell, hell. and be like excited beliefs. about it being like like oh well you. yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. But that's not what this poems are about. Poems are not about religion. They're really just about her life. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like some of these things, not for me, but can definitely be related to someone's life i feel like these are i feel like poems are kind of like scripture in a way that you can pluck one and be like hey this would probably make you feel better mm -hmm. without all of the religious background behind it I can that. and i do feel like some of these could also be treated that way because they're so slice of life they're so they are because they're so personal they're personal they're very grounded it's mm -hmm. not um otherworldly feeling to it like yeah and like i honestly feel like these are so straight to the point there's really no room for interpretation it's kind of like this is what this poem is about mm -hmm. which a lot of poems like even when we read cotton candy on a rainy day mm -hmm. i we could read the same poem and i'd get something different from it than you got from it but we've discussed like three or four of these poems and had the exact same opinions about them we're like mm -hmm. this is about generational trauma and how your mother looks at you or this is how this that, and the other this is how do not talk ill about the dead like these poems are so personal because they are just about her life and not even in a analogy type way like oh life is like blah 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 and this, no. it's just about a time in her life mm -hmm. and she's writing about it mm -hmm. and so i feel like this is definitely something where it's like oh you're grieving i have this poem for you mm -hmm. oh you're missing a loved one i have this poem for you you just found out you're pregnant i have this poem for you yeah. like it's not like a if you feel like you might get this out of it, it's like, no, she told you exactly how she exactly felt. How she yeah. Felt. Yeah. And I love that. I love that about her. I do love it about her. It's not my favorite kind of poetry because I do love an open to interpretation. Yeah. Could mean a bunch of things. So this was, this almost felt like I was reading an accompaniment to like Zami. Mm hmm. It was like, okay, you, did you love Zami? You love this. You love Cole. Yeah. I'm glad you can say it because I can't. <laughs> My love coil. Coil. <laughs> you know that thing, that black thing you put in the fire? That's what this coil. is. <laughs> <laughs> You've been reading too much this morning, yours. <laughs> yes. I, and I feel it affecting my speech. Coil. It is driving me crazy. You just sounded really southern then. Driving me crazy. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, that's driving my life. crazy. That's my life now, guys. Southern Boo. <laughs> what would you give this? I would definitely give this like a four out of five. Yeah. Um, poetry, I give a more lenient scaling to anyway. Um, just because I know it's deeply personal for the authors and I try to respect that. Mm -hmm. But obviously, I think Audre Lorde is extremely well written. I love all her stuff. I love the way her poetry flows too because I do hate like... She was coming up in like the beatnik generation and I hate the way that poem is written. And I don't like it and this doesn't read like that, so I'm really glad. <laughs> but 
Um, I really enjoyed it. It's just one of those things that I couldn't really relate it to myself. And I like to do that with poetry. I like to do that with anything I read, but I really like to do that with like poetry. And I felt like I couldn't do that because it was so personal. So that's mm -hmm. the only reason I would adopt the star from it. <laughs> well, I also, I, I actually kind of do feel the same way that you feel. Um, I also give it a four out of five. And I feel like the only thing that could have made it be better was, I don't know, maybe some more love. Not you wanting some love poems. Yeah, I want. I wanted some more love poems. I would like to read a little bit more about, like maybe how it was dealing with that white girl. I would like to know. I would. I would have felt like she would have got a good amount of love poetry with Afro Kitty. I mm -hmm. wish I could like maybe see some of that, but you know, I'm glad I got what I got. Mm -hmm. Cause it was good. It was. I'm sorry she died the way she died. I am too, but I think um, on our break I'm gonna read her um, cancer journals. Cause I bet they're really interesting and it gets a really good perspective about dying and death. Mm-hmm. And you know back then like cancer was kind of like a oh, you got cancer you're you're dying. There's mm -hmm. no like okay we can do this other. There's no actual like, no, treatment. You're, you were dying. Yeah. So I would love to read some of her writing. Cause she's so introspective anyway but just knowing that like the end is coming mm -hmm. and how you're gonna deal with it because mm -hmm. like at this point she died in 92 her kids were maybe turning 30 because i think she had her kids in the 60s i wonder if her kids do anything i know detective mode So we have Elizabeth Lord Rollins. You know, the, I've never seen a picture of her. And I feel like she was a little too hard on herself. She's not that fat. No. Her daughter looks very European. I wonder if her sisters did anything because like they were apparently good storytellers. Mm-hmm. Um, Phyllis Lord. So her daughter, Elizabeth, was a doctor, a writer, and a breast cancer survivor. Oh, wow. I think that's remarkable to be, to survive something that killed your parent. Yes. And it has to, I feel like I would have almost like imposter syndrome, kind of, no, survivor syndrome. Mm -hmm. We're kind of like, why me and not them? Yeah. Why did I get to survive this, but they had to die? Mm-hmm. Mm. Jonathan Rollins is... is an assistant vice president in commercial banking at Ooh. the Bank of New York. I'm... It makes me so happy and pleased to see how a successful person can still have, like, ha has these children who live, like, good lives. Mm -hmm. It makes me happy that the legacy gets to live on. But it sounds so silly, but still. Right. I wonder if her. This is 
I wonder how he did in like the... Hearing people walk is so strange. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Did you have to do that dance at school? Yeah. And I'm just like, whenever we were doing it, I was just like, why is this necessary? Why do we? <laughs> why do we have to do this? And it was it was like so weird and embarrassing, but they tried to make it fun. Like whenever they were doing that in Alabama, they were just like, oh, we're gonna film you guys do this dance. <laughs> I would hate to be filmed doing that. And then they'll be like. Oh my god, and we're gonna like play it for the next um, class that comes up. I remember, like, I was dating this guy, and his sister was a, a gray below us, mm -hmm. and she was just like, I saw you dancing, you can't dance. So I was like, I was dancing more than everybody else on that film who was just standing there, so whatever. It's just like, at least I'm having fun while everybody else is like, I'm too cool I'm to too be cool filmed to do in the Cloud Nine jokes. This is beneath me. No, I'm gonna I'm have fun, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Judge me if you want to. At least I'm having fun. You over here with your hands in your pants like, I, I'm too cool to move. <laughs> I'm too cool to move. I still have some bitterness, if you can't tell. Still a little bitter. You have anything else you would like to add? I don't think so. What about you? <sighs> no. I do hope we get into some lighter content. Listen, you're, you're the one that made this list. Yeah, you know. You made this list. You I did know. this. Because I, I guarantee you the next book is what, The Bluest Eye? Yeah. Not light content at all. Yeah. Well written, but not light content. Got Blue as I, in love and trouble. trouble. Token black girl. Token black girl is almost gonna be like content because it's so comical. <laughs> it's hilarious to me, and I have like I've gotten to this thing where like you know when you like hate follow somebody. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, I, I watch her Instagram stories every day, and I'm always like. <sighs> <laughs> I'm probably just gonna um, audio that, audio book that. That's what I did. I listened to it on Audible. I would I wouldn't buy that copy of that book. <laughs> Even though like the copy of the book is like really aesthetically pleasing, which is really why I chose that book when I was like using my Audible credit for the month. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm. big regrets. No, because it's it's one of my favorite hate books. <laughs> I love that. All right, well, signing off. As always. You know what to do. Follow us on Facebook page, Book Talking with Jones. Follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Like, comment, and share your opinions with us and your recommendations. Words are hard. Sentences are hard. <laughs> but we're going to get it there. All right. Thanks. Come back and follow. Bye. Bye. I swear the endings are so hard for me. <laughs>